Mel Fisher was a treasure hunter who went looking for gold and he found it. In 1985, after 16 years of long searching, he found the Spanish ship, the De Atoche. The De Atoche was filled with silver and gold and jewels, and it had sank off of the coast of Key West, Florida in 1622. And after years of searching, he found it. Barbara Porter was here earlier and showed me a cross made of silver with the Atoche stamp on the back and that 1622 date. Dr. Estep has been telling me for years that she's been around for a long time, but <laughs> I'm not quite so sure that that's the case. She tells me her husband gave it to her, but uh, we'll let her be the judge of that. Mel Fisher didn't come upon this treasure easily. It took them hard, long years of searching, using metal detecting devices and, and listening very carefully and using diving equipment to go and research every metallic hit that may have come along. But after hours of toil and work, they were able to salvage millions and millions of dollars of gold and silver. In fact, some 40 tons of gold, silver, and jewels. In the scriptures, we read in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 14, that the Bible describes another kind of treasure that's even more precious than gold, more precious than silver, more precious than jewels. And do you know what that treasure is? That treasure is wisdom. It's wisdom. Wisdom is not just having knowledge about things, but it's also having the ability or taking the time to use that knowledge and apply it in such a way to life that one benefits. So knowledge is not only knowing the right thing to do, but knowledge is applying the truth to one's life that they also do what is right. King Solomon, who asked of God for a wise and understanding heart, tells us in Proverbs chapter 2, that we too are to search for wisdom with the same type of persistence and the same type of tenacity that, that Mel Fisher and his group sought after that treasure. And you and I, if we will desire to have wisdom, we must look unto God calling out to Him and crying out to Him for discernment and understanding and coming to Him with listening ears, willing to take into our hearts and treasure that wisdom that we might use it at the appropriate time. Today we're living in an age when knowledge abounds everywhere. We have all sorts of doctors and scientists and engineers who are researching and who are discovering new knowledge every day. We are certainly living in a day when we have knowledge that is, is great. But I'm not so sure that we're living in a day where we have great wisdom. And there is a difference in there. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy in chapter 3, and in my own phrase, I, I will share it with you. He says there in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days, difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self. Their hearts will grow cold towards God and the things of God. They will ever be increasing in knowledge, but lacking to come to its truth. Knowledge and wisdom can escape 
many. And it does. For example, there was a traveling salesman who was going down the road one day while he was looking to meet an appointment. And as he was traveling, he had a flat tire and had to pull over on the side of the road. When he got out and began to get in his trunk to get his spare tire and the jack and all the things that he needed, he noticed that another man was coming along a fence that had been erected along the road, a fence that went parallel with the road and was long and high and it encircled an insane asylum. He began to change his tire out and noticed that as he was working, another man on the other side of the fence become walking towards him and just stood there watching, not saying a word. It kind of unnerved him a little bit, but he kept on working. And as he took the tire off and as he began to take the, the hubcap and all the lug nuts off, he was very careful to put everything in a very small pile so as to work efficiently. But when he was getting the tire off, it slipped out of his hands and fell upon the hubcap, knocking not only the lug nuts out, out of the way, but down into a drainage grate, putting them out of reach and even out of sight. Already being frustrated from his own time of loss and, and now the loss of these lug nuts for his tire, he began to pace back and forth with nervousness and he was thinking to himself, now what am I going to do? And suddenly he hears a voice from the other side of the fence say, hey mister, why don't you take one of the nuts off the other three tires and use it for your spare and then you can get back on the road. Well, he thought, wow, that's a great idea. Now, why didn't I think of that? To which the man behind the fence said, Hey, mister, I might be crazy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know, we have all sorts of ways to gain wisdom. Wisdom can come from many places, but there is only one place that we can look and know for sure that wise, true counsel will come to us. And that is through the Holy Word of God. Will you look in your scriptures with me today at Proverbs in chapter 3 as we look in search of wisdom? Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you'll find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing for your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. From whom the Lord loves, he reproves even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Let me ask you this morning, do you value wisdom? Do you search for it as something of fine value, something like gold? Do you give of yourself to look and have it for your own? 
Well, I want to share four ways that you and I can exhibit wisdom today through this passage of Proverbs chapter 3. Four ways that we can look and, and reap and benefit from the wisdom that God has shared with us through His Word. And that first step that you and I can have is to exhibit wisdom is that we must obey God. Look with me at verse 1 once again as it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Do you recognize today that although we're living in a day of great knowledge and of of much understanding, a, a day of when technology has revealed a lot of knowledge that we have never known before, that although we have this great knowledge, there is much to be desired in the way that we use it for the good of mankind. You know, if we look at society around us, we are a people of great knowledge. Has that great knowledge decreased our crime rates? Has that knowledge allowed us to, to see a better society emerge where no one is killing and no one is lying and no one is stealing? Unfortunately, you see, knowledge is not our problem. Although there are many who will tell us, oh, if we will just educate those in the prisons, and I'm all for educating those in the prisons, they will have a, a better economic situation, and so they won't allow themselves to get back into that life of crime. There are others who say, well, if we'll just educate our children more about sex and about the things that they can use to prevent pregnancies, that, that, that sex will decrease among our young adults and, and less abortions will take place. And, and I'm all for educating our young about the things of these. But, my friends, knowledge is not our problem. But do you know what our problem is? Our problem is a lack of knowledge and wisdom. Not just knowledge alone, but wisdom applying that truth to one's life. You see, it's here in the Word of God that we find the greatest truth that we can ever know. And it's here that Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 and verse 17 for His disciples, praying unto the Father for us, saying, Lord, sanctify them in the truth. And He went on to clarify, Thy Word is truth. My friends, it's here in the Word of God today that we find the greatest wisdom that we can ever have. And never know. It is here in the Word of God that we can find the greatest joy that we could ever experience. It is here in the Word of God that we can find the greatest life we can ever live. Eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. The Word of God is here for you and I today. And the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5:17, saying, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, new things have come. It is through the Word of God and through our relationship with Him that life anew begins. And it is in those new things and in those blessed things when we obey them that God's wisdom is exhibited and we benefit from it. It's here in the Word of God that we find the blueprint for living the best life possible. And yet so often many neglect it and leave it lying about and and they don't search for it, and they don't pray about it, and they don't ask God to fill their very soul with it, that they may be able to live it in a valued way. But it is through our obedience that we find, my friends, that we learn what the truth is all about, and we discover the value of it. God desires that you and I let the Word of God be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. God has brought us His Word that we might live it out and not stumble upon the temptations of sin and so find ourselves victorious in life. The Word of God deepens our walk with God and allow us to enjoy the fellowship 
with our brothers and sisters. The Word of God, when we begin to live it out, demonstrates that we truly love God. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So obeying the Word of God shows evidence that we love Him. And it also shows the evidence that we have His life living within us. It shows that we have eternal life. They are blessing us. And so as we find ourselves listening to the Word, it is wisdom to obey it. It's wisdom to live it out. It's wisdom that we can apply to our everyday life. And in verse 4, we find in, here in Proverbs in chapter 3, Solomon writes and says in verse 4, And you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. As you and I live out the Word of God, we will find His favor upon us. We will find God's blessings upon us. And so obedience brings blessings. Does that bring joy to your heart? Obedience brings God's blessings. But notice also in verse 12 as we look at chapter 3. It also disobedience brings His discipline. We find in verse 12, For whom the Lord loves, He reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom He delights. You see, God wants to nudge us back always to that path of righteousness. Always to that path which will bring Him the greatest glory and us the greatest good. God is there to lovingly discipline us when we disobey. But oh, my friends, when we obey, it is wisdom. When you and I take the Word of God and hide it in our hearts and live it out, oh, how greatly are His children blessed. Second, we see that Solomon also tells us not only is it wisdom to obey the Word of God, but it's also wisdom to trust in the person of God. Here in verse 5 and 6, we read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Now, I must admit that this is sometimes hard to do for many of us. Because in so doing, we must walk by faith and not by sight. But is that not what God has called you and I to do? Is that not the very core of our Christian value in life, that we might walk by faith in the living God? You know, God is always and constantly seeking to teach us this very important lesson, that we are to trust Him. Daily, God allows trials and, and temptations and difficulties to come our way. That we might learn this one valuable truth. Trust Him. Trust Him in everything. Not in just some things and not just with some things. But trust Almighty God in everything and with everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not with a part of your heart. Not with a part of your life. But trust in the Lord with all of your heart. After all, is not God omniscient? We find in His Word that the description of the very character of God has told us God is omniscient. He knows all things. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. God is sovereign over the universe. He rules and reigns over all things. God is love. God is merciful. God is gracious. But God also, God also, my friends, is righteous and holy. And so therefore, we can trust Him to do the right thing, to have the right answer, to guide us in the right direction in all of our life. Trust Him in all of your heart. Trust the Lord. 
For He will indeed guide us and lead us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He will protect us and provide for us as we look to Him and trust Him. We can trust Him to pick us up when we fall down. We can trust Him to encourage our lives when we feel discouraged. We can trust Him to strengthen us when we feel so weak. Trust Him. Looking to Him and leaning upon Him, my friends, is the wisest thing you and I can ever do. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Again, in verse 6, it says, In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. He will straighten your paths. What a wonderful promise. You and I live in a time when much comes at us and we have to make fast decisions. But you know, if we're looking to God and we're trusting in God and we're walking in faith in Him, God says, if you'll just call out to me, acknowledge me in all of your ways and I will direct your path. What a wonderful promise. You know, we live in a, in a life where some are in the very fast lane and some sort of in the fast lane and others are really slow, but... But life is like that. It's like one busy highway and we're traveling down this road of life and oftentimes we may come to a traffic jam. And there we are stuck in our lane of flow and, and, and we're not going anywhere, but yet we're anxious to get on our de- to our destination. And, and yet we see the, the lane on the other side of us is, is kind of moving a little faster. And we're sitting here wondering, well, should I change lanes or, or should I get out of this traffic and turn around and go back the other way? Should I look for another path to follow? What should I do? Boy, you see, we don't know what lies ahead. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what's right down the road. And so oftentimes we can find ourselves confused and and just making guesses, educated guesses. But God says, in all of your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. You see, God sits in heaven from eternity and he looks down upon all that is here. And he knows the beginning and he knows the ending of all things. So we should look to him and trust him and call out to him, knowing that as we do, God will straighten out our path. He will remove all the obstacles and he will provide for us a way to go that is right and good and holy. And it will bring him glory and bring us our greatest good. James writes in the first chapter in verse 5. And he tells us, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Come to God. Trust in God. Call out to God. If you want to have a life filled with wisdom, knowing what to do at the right time in the right way, then we are to seek Him with all of our heart. Trust Him with all of our heart. For as we do, God will be glorified and we will be blessed. So if we are to act wisely, if we are to exhibit wisdom, we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. With all of our heart. Thirdly, we find in this passage of Scripture that it is wisdom also to respect His majesty. In verse 7 we read, And do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And after describing the very character and the very nature and the very person of God, it seems only right that we should have reverential fear and respect of Him, doesn't it? God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. God is omniscient. He knows all things. God is a just and, and holy Savior. 
My friends, He rules and reigns over all the earth. And, and you and I must recognize that a deep reverential fear is due His name. You know that Christians once were known as, as people who had fear for God. They were known as God-fearing people. It was because those who watched their lives and watched how they lived knew that they, they looked to God and they trusted Him. They knew His desires. They knew His heart. They knew His commandments. And they lived them out to the best of their abilities. And so by their own lifestyle, their own relationship with God was revealed. And they were known as God-fearing people. And I'm afraid today that many in the church have lost that title and that reputation. Because we don't show the respect due His name. We don't show the reverential fear that we should have before this holy God. Some people look at God and they think of Him as some warm, fuzzy teddy bear who just kind of helps us feel good about the future and helps us get over our fears. While others may look to Him as some doting grandfather who just looks upon us and winks at our sinful behavior going, well, children will be children. While others may even think that He's some far-off, distant landlord who doesn't even really care about who we are or what we do. My friends, let me tell you without hesitation, the Word of God describes the God in whom we worship and the God in whom we serve as a holy God, one who has created all that we know, who has placed the stars in the heaven and put His name upon everything that exists. This is the God that you and I look to. This is the God that we serve. And the psalmist writes in Psalm 97, in verse 9, and says, Thou alone art the Lord Most High over all the earth. Thou alone art God. And you and I must recognize that fact today, that truth today, and apply it to our lives, for in it we find wisdom. Yes, He's a God of love. Yes, He's a God full of mercy and grace. Yes, He's a God that says, come boldly before my throne, come into my presence. But He is also a God who is holy and awesome. And as we come, we should have reverential fear and respect for who He is, knowing that as we enter into that place, my friends, He is also a consuming fire who will burn up everything unholy in His way. The fear of the Lord's Solomon says to us throughout the writings of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord leads to life. The fear of the Lord prolongs life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And you help me finish this. The beginning also of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, the reverence and respect that is due His name, is the beginning place of real wisdom. So we are to reverence Him. I have been so pleased in last months to see how Tripp has led our youth to come and bow here before God in prayer. To prostrate themselves here at these steps, looking unto God, shows that in their heart they reverence Him, they fear Him, they deeply respect Him. Over on this side, I've seen Herman Locklear up in age, walking with a cane, knees hurting, and yet he comes and he kneels and he prays and he seeks God's face. Oh, I wonder if you had the opportunity today and the invitation to just prostrate yourself, to kneel, to bow humbly, not just in heart, but also in body before him. 
What a difference that would make in your own life. Wisdom is finding great reverential fear of God and acting upon it. And then lastly, as we look at verse 9, we also find that it is wisdom to honor the Lord through our priorities. In verse 9, we read, is wisdom to honor the Lord from your first fruits. Notice he says here that, that you and I, as we look to God and honor him from our wealth, it's not just from our wealth, but it's from all the first of your produce. It's not from the bottom after we have used up everything that we care about. But he says that it's, it's wisdom to give from the very best that you have from the top. It is wisdom to give unto God, to make giving unto God a priority in our lives. So no matter how you look at it, this truth represents a, a total commitment to one's life unto God. And it's demonstrated through our financial giving. You see, financial giving is a spiritual act. And the Word of God tells us it is wise to give unto the Lord. To give our very best. Not to hold it back and thinking about our bills that we must pay and the recreation that we want to be involved with. But giving of ourselves from the very best that we have to offer. Oftentimes it is in our giving that we show where our maturity level is. For in demonstrating our giving, we are demonstrating that we really trust God with what we value most. Our finances. We know that we need finances to pay for our clothing and buy our food and to have our good times. And so oftentimes we hold on to it with tight fist. But it's in this area of financial giving that we find spiritual maturity best demonstrated. Because it demonstrates that we have things in open hands and not clenching them. That we recognize that all that we are and all that we have really comes from God. After all, the job that you have, did not God give you the training you need? Prepare your heart to be able to, to fulfill that job? Did, did not God give you the skill? Did not God prepare the way and even open the opportunity for you to even have the position in which you maintain? It is Almighty God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And my friends, He even owns all that you see. So it's wise that we would give back unto God as he, he has so commanded. And with our giving, may I say to you even that there is a promise involved. Notice what he says here in Solomon in verse 9 again. He says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce, so your barns, so your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. You see, there's a promise from God given to us that when we give unto Him, He gives back. And my friends, you can't outgive God. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. And so when we give of ourselves and financially unto Him and His work, we're demonstrating that our heart is right, our maturity level is high, and we are trusting in the Lord. It's the wisest thing to do. To give unto God as He has so wonderfully given unto us. Jesus in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 also tells us this truth when He said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, they will pour into your lap. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. So my friends, it is wise. It is wisdom that we give unto God from our very best. There are many of you here today who have been on the road of, of life and you've had a flat. 
You're on the side of road and and you come across an opportunity that you don't know what to do. There's a still small voice behind you whispering. This way. This is the way of wisdom. This is the way that you should live. This is the way that you should respond. This is the way that you should act. This is the way that you should speak. And although you yourself didn't think of the right answer, we should be glad that God provides it for us. It is wisdom to give of Him our very best. It's wisdom that we reverential fear Him. It is wisdom that we trust Him with all of our heart. And it's wisdom that we obey Him and His Word. God has so graciously offered an invitation to you and I to not only know Him, but to know Him intimately through His Spirit. His Spirit which gives us understanding of His Word. And today, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've hit that pothole of life and you've had to pull over on the side of the road, know that He is standing there wanting to give you wisdom and guidance and help. In church, He is wanting to guide us in the ways which are right and good that will glorify Him and bring us the greatest joy. In just a few moments, we're going to give an invitation for those who would like to receive Christ as their Savior. For some reason, if you've never bowed your heart and asked Him to forgive you of your sins, this will be the time to do that. Perhaps you are a born-again believer. Perhaps you know Christ your Savior. But you need to get back on that road of wisdom. My friends, don't hesitate to prostrate yourself. Don't hesitate to come and bow your heart before Him. That only shows that you have wise understanding. And that God is moving in your heart for your good. And our Father, we pray today that as we have so wonderfully enjoyed your presence that you would now so move by your Spirit to guide us on how we should respond. For indeed, we are a people who have much knowledge. But Lord, it is your wisdom that we so desperately need. Guide us in it today that we may greatly benefit and that your holy name will be uplifted. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. In just a few moments, if you'll stand with me, I'll be here with the staff. And if the Lord has moved upon your heart today through His Spirit, for whatever need that you have, whether it's a prayer need, whether it's to receive Christ, whether it's just to get back on the road of life that was honoring and pleasing to Him, then you respond. So as you stand and sing, the choir will sing with us. You come as God leads.